you get up and howl about America and democracy. There is no America. There is no democracy. We no longer live in a world of nations and ideologies. The world is a college of corporations, inexorably determined by the immutable bylaws of business. The world is a business. Yo. Hey. What's up? What's up? Not much, man. Having a very interesting guest coming back to visit. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy because, you know, like the first time we actually Move, made, yeah. made the debut, debut of the show, you were the first guest. And now that we moved to this cool Move place. Move to the new studio. You're I'm, the first. You're the first guest. I'm, I'm so honored. I really am. I really uh, am honored. Thank you. Thank you. And we have the also, um, Oscar. Oscar de la Oya. Yeah, man. Hello, Oscar. Yeah, oh, pretty good. I'm Otha Hawkins. You can grab it by your hand if you want. Oscar, you can just grab it like a couple minutes. That would be a little easier, maybe. Yeah. This yeah. is it. Oh, okay. Um, but um, yeah, uh, Oscar has been with us a couple times already. Yeah. And uh, he never gets a chance to talk. Yeah, he's always very quiet, man. Yeah. But uh, today, it's his chance to shine. Today we're gonna review recent political events. That's what we have, Mister. Yeah, oh, recent politics. Okay. Politics, yeah. All right. Yeah. I feel like right. uh, politics. I don't know. I, I always get excited about politics, man. You do? Yeah, You man. know, I'm completely ignorant about politics. I, I don't follow anything. You're better off. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why I do it, because I try not to. You're just grab what you can do. Yeah. You're better off because sometimes the less you know about stuff, the the better decision you can make. True. Because generally, generally speaking, with people, people who have feelings about politics, they have preconceived notions. Yes. And since we're going to talk about current events and news and that type of thing, what you look for, what the average political person looks for, is they only want to hear what's going to reinforce their views. They don't want to hear anything that, that's contrary to what they believe. And that's basically what's driving a lot of of news media today and and people are making money off of this you need to understand because there's a way to make money off of everything literally and so it's like okay people feel differently we got groups that feel and there are there's more than two groups in america there's several groups but basically you know groups feel certain ways about things and say okay let's broadcast to that group let's let's get them out work them out as a demographic as a separate demographic and then we can you know then we can broadcast and you don't have to lie per se uh but you simply only broadcast what's important to those people that's that's really not lying that's a hard terrible thing to say but that's really not lying you're simply not telling people everything you're only giving them a selected picking. facts you're cherry picking the facts that yeah. you want well and some say, of them not all of them are actually cherry picking facts some people are like 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 try to like mold reality to their convenience to right. like make their rhetoric sound somehow like logic yeah. you know logic yeah well like, yeah that, that, that's in law and i've actually seen this in court i mean i'm not a lawyer but i have mm -hmm. seen this in court where people will try to say okay they're trying to change everybody else's perception of reality exactly because all of us just so you understand all of us live in a reality that's just us mm -hmm. and and we all look at it a certain way simply because of who we are and our experiences in life mm -hmm. and but you know what people are trying to do in the courtroom just so yes in courtroom and news and everything is they're trying to get people to simply to look at 
to accept their version of reality, whatever that version of reality mm -hmm. is. And it's 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 fascinating to watch that process. You is, know. Is they they, they kind of um, try to vend that reality to always ben benefit them. Always in, in benefit them and say, you know, this is the way I look at the world, you know, and and I need I need everybody else to see it my way. And that's a little, that's a problem. That's a kind of a problem. Do you think when uh, we we start saying you need to see reality like I see reality? Yeah, and. Yeah, <laughs> when you say it's a problem, yes and no. It depends on it depends on what what you're asking me to see your reality for. If it's not going to cost me anything, not going to cause me any yeah, pain, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> let me let me see things from your point of from view. You. And and I'm you know and might even I might even bend mine a little bit. Say okay, yeah, I kind of understand it. But if it's totally contrary to what my view of life is, and I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose something because I took that point of view or because I listened to your point of view, then that's when people start putting up the walls and saying, no, no, I'm, I'm not going to listen to anything you have to say. Period. But don't you, don't you think that it's important in a dialogue to actually like put yourself in the place of the other person and maybe not block yourself and actually, if you have a point of view, not just like get, get emotional and attack the person or like or, or get angry at, at the person because he's not agreeing with you or because you're not able to uh articulate your your message you know to what you want to what you feel like is right in 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 words that w he will understand you know i feel like uh, the point of an argument or a point of a discussion is to like make each other think it's like a game of like just words you know it does it doesn't necessarily have to be emotional it has to be more like I say something to you and you think about it and you see from my point of view and then you say, oh, well, yeah, but I see the holes in your, in your point of view on this way and these are your holes. And, you know, and, and that's how you talk to people without getting emotional. Yeah, that's how rational people do it. But we're not, we're no longer a rational society. <laughs> because one of the problems, if you're looking at American culture, let's, let's just forget the rest of the world and just think about America for a second. One of the problems we have in American culture is we have never trained people how to listen. Mm. We don't train people how to listen. We, we train people how to express themselves, how to talk, but we literally do not ever teach people to listen. You know, and, and, and you have to teach people to listen fairly early in their life, mm. you know, because children will, but we're, we're even teaching children to express themselves. And as opposed to sitting and listening to, diff to different points of view. Because when we do teach children to listen, we say, you just listen to me. You just listen to what I say. say. Don't listen to what everybody else says. We really do not. Well, you, you got you to train your own kids to, in a way. Yep. I mean, because it's your point of view. You're going to raise your kids to what you think is right. So we always, like, try to domesticate our kids to our ways. To, yeah. you know, I don't have any kids, so I don't, I don't yeah. really know. <laughs> well, I, I was very lucky. My parents, uh, particularly my father, was really intent on making sure that we did listen to other people that we took in all points of view that we tolerated and that's important as opposed to in teaching people to embrace something else you first thing you have to do is teach them to tolerate things that are different yeah. and he taught he he taught us tolerance which is you know really literally one of the greatest gifts he ever gave me is mm -hmm. just teaching me to be tolerant of what other people said and what they thought and their lifestyles and so on and so forth without judging or condemning anybody else and and that's hard to do I've, as mm -hmm. i get older i realize holy cow how hard that is 
to not judge, not condemn, but to simply listen to what other people say and say, you know, and you listen for, okay, there has to be some point of commonality between what they want and what I want. And let's listen for that. And that's, you know, that's the thing. Because that's a very important thing, commonality. Instead, mm -hmm. of, instead, of, instead of like trying to look for difference between us, we should, start to, we should look for what we are having in common with yeah, each other. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, I feel like sometimes in some aspects of our, of our society and, and, and the left and the extreme left, like, you know, the uh, justice warriors people, you know, mm -hmm. um, I feel like in a way, they're doing the same thing. They're trying to bend reality to what they think is their point of view in of in life, you know. And they get to a point where it just becomes, in a way, kind of silly. Yeah. You know what I mean? With um, it, it, it's silly and a, and a bit dangerous. I feel. Yeah. What, what are your views on that? Yeah, it it is to me. I just be honest with you. It's more, you know what I'm saying. It's more silly than it is dangerous. Sometimes I. Because the real way, just the, the most effective way to battle a point of view that you don't like is not to criticize it, not to, not to fight it, but literally to make fun of it. That's the most effective way. Mm. That's uh, just make fun of it. Yeah, just make fun of it because like in the, the way the French Revolution started, I know we have one historical perspective on that, but the reality was what happened was, uh, the street comedians and the puppet shows and the street mm, comedians yeah, yeah. started making fun of the king, and that's really how the revolution started. Because people, because they, if you if you gave a speech against the king, they'd come and put you in the Bastille or shoot you or something like that. But if you just made fun of the king and a puppet show, everybody just laughed and mm -hmm. nobody and would the, nobody would come and, and everybody would get the message and nobody would come and arrest you. And I will notice to me, you know, for instance, the people who political, the political people who are most effective are the people who are most effective, are comedians yes. on some mm -hmm. of these light, yes. late night shows who are mm -hmm. making fun. You know, they're not really criticizing anybody. They're just making fun of them. And so people say, oh, yeah, that's funny. And, but people get the point. And yeah. so, yeah, to me, to, to, to this discussion, particularly when people are not listening to each other, they're just talking yeah. and they're not listening. That's to me. That's pathetic and silly. It's really not, and you know, and the f deeper we get into the political season, I'm really be, I'm like, oh, gee, even I, because I love politics, even I'm just getting so tired of this yeah. because it's it's people are parroting the same stuff every day. Every day, you yeah. hear the same stuff every day. So I sort of wait for the guys who make fun of it because those are the guys who are making the better points in our society right now they're really making scoring points and i i don't think people realize that till they you reach a certain point people realize that and they say oh okay uh because like again i'm picking up on something you said a second ago you're talking about the left and the far because you know essentially the democratic party today mm. is essentially it's really for you can cut it any way you want to but essentially there are two two groups of democrats and that's the not conservative democrats but People who are who are center left Democrats, they're liberals, progressives, but they're very they're very realistic about how long it's going to take to make the changes in society, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so they're they're going to implement change slower than the people who are to the further left, and that's like more the Bernie Pike type people. Just so you understand, just to give you something something to hang on to, hang on to there. Yeah. But there are people who say, okay, we've got to we've got to implement these changes in our society faster faster than than that you know and 
That's essentially when you look at the, that's the two groups of Democrats in America today. Is it the same for the, for the Republicans? They have like the two sections in the same, same Republicans? Same thing. Basically the same thing for Republicans. You basically have establishment type Republicans who say, okay, all of this is going to, you know, gay marriage, <laughs> all this, all this mm. stuff. This is going to happen no matter what. But we, we want to implement it even slower than, say, the center left. This is basically the center right people who say, this is we're we're going to take a long time to implement this this is going to happen very gradually in our society and that's what they you know they don't like it but they're willing to accept it they're willing to come to terms with it and accept it but it's a slow implementation of all that whereas the people on the far right it's like no we don't want any of this. We don't want it to happen at all. They we're going to kill everybody. We're going to kill everybody. We're going <laughs> we're, we're to we're gonna build a wall. We're yeah. going to build a wall. And, I mean, and that's, that's the whole thing But if, because it's like there's no immigration. At all. And, and, you know, and we're not even having a discussion about what type of immigration we want to yeah. have. You know, it's like uh, because what you, you know, for the people who will allow immigration into America, it's basically, again, broken down to two groups. I mean, well, you can talk about the people that are not going to let anybody in, but that that's not never going to happen. We're going to still have people coming in. Mm. It's a question of how many people and what types of people are coming in, mm. okay? And there are people who want something like what the Canadian system. And the Canadian system basically is when you want to immigrate to Canada, they ask you two or three questions. One is, do you know how to speak English or French, which are the two official languages of Canada? And... You know, they'll say, can you speak English or French? And if you say no, they say, are you willing to learn how to speak basic English or basic French French before you come to Canada? You sort of have to know how. Or if you get here, are you going to take lessons? And if you you say no at any point, you're not getting in. You're Mm -hmm. gone. They're not going to let you in. And they will, of course, ask the same question about, you know, do you have any criminal backgrounds? And, mm. and they do the uh, medical exams and that sort of thing. Then the next question they ask, what do you know how to do? If you say, okay, I'm a, I'm a plumber. And they say, okay. They'll say, we need plumbers in this town. You know, they'll, mm. they, they got, got, their government keeps a much better record of what types of people they need, what types of jobs mm. people need to have. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. You have to. They say, okay, we need this many teachers. We need this many plumbers. We need this many butchers. And here's where we need them. Here are the town. And they will say, are you willing to move in Nova Scotia? For those you never, that's a horrible. Yeah. (laughs) It's a nice place in the summer, but in the the other nine months of the year, it's a terrible place. Yes. They say, "We we we need a plumber in Nova Scotia. Will you move to Nova Scotia? And if you say no, they say, okay, you can't come. Mm. And it's you. You have to provide something for the society, and you have to move to where they need you at that time. Now, once you're a Canadian citizen, you can do anything. You can go anywhere, do anything you want. Yeah. But and, as long as you're a a documented immigrant, you have to be in that town doing whatever you said you were going to do, and you have to be and you have to speak one of you know one of the local yeah, languages, geez. whatever the local languages are up there. And so, you know, why would you not have something? To me, and I'm just saying this. Canadians are so logical. It's like, why wouldn't you have that in the United States? You say, okay, what can you do? And can you speak speak either English or Spanish? Which 
Yeah. Spanish, just so you understand, I think I'm at a point in my life. I think Spanish should be one of the official languages of which it's not. Just so y'all understand, there's only one. Yeah. Of, in fact, I'm not even sure English is. Yeah, he's not. not official I'm not even sure English yeah. is the official language. No, but and what so, is it? What's the official language? There's not an official. There language. is no official language in the no. United States. Yeah. Was it about to be uh, German at one point? At one point, there it was going to be German. I think it lost by one vote. Yeah, I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it's one of those things that wow. lost by one vote, and so we decided. You know, we decided, well, we weren't going to be German. You know, we weren't going to speak German. But English was just basically the default language. Mm. So it's, if you if we made Spanish an official language, all documents would have to be in English and Spanish. Yeah. Like, in like it, already, like it already is. <laughs> yeah, most of them are. It's, it's, not a, yeah, it's not a big leap. I mean, you're really not. Yeah. And so you would ask people, can you speak English or can you speak Spanish? Yeah. And you'd say, okay, what do you, do, what, what can you do? Yeah. What is it that you could do? And, uh, and then you say, okay, here's where we need barbers. Let's say you were a barber, mm. and you say, hey, we need barbers in this town. Are you willing? And you give them a list of towns because the United States is a populated enough country. You could give people a list of towns that they could be, say, okay, you will, you will stay in this town as a barber for until you until you apply for citizenship and once we give you citizenship you can do whatever you want to mm. that's one system and I'm, i'm not saying that there are problems with that in the united states the other basic way that we're probably would go with immigration is essentially refugees uh anybody but it would always be skewed and just so you understand this is one of the things that democrats are differ from republicans with democrat it would always skew towards younger people mm. yeah Democrats, contrary to what, are not crazy about letting 60-year-old people into the country. They really prefer to have Younger pe people. people in their late teens or early 20s. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, is because those people, over time, those people will put more into the system than they take out of the yeah, system. Yeah. This is, you know, this is one of the great fallacies of people who talk about it, is people think immigrants, legal, I'm, I'm sorry, I always hate to use legal, documented and undocumented, They, the, the con they, they like to say, oh, they don't contribute. But the reality of it is all immigrants, whether documented or undocumented, contribute more to society than they take out of it when you look at them as a whole. Yeah, when of you course, because they don't have to pay for like, like this, when they're growing up, like medical bills, benefits, like benefits yeah, if, of any if kind. You, if you come here when you're 20 years old, yeah. you've already had your high school education, so we don't have to. We do don't have to spend all that money that we're going to spend on you for, for school. So you just provide into the country, the yeah, economy. And you come in and you work immediately. You're paying into the system. And so. So, so when, people, when people argue about things like, like, like immigration or like tougher, tougher um, immigration reforms, um, do you think that they, if, even if they know what you just told me, um, do you think that they do it more for, uh, in a way, a personal, um, you know, Yes. A personal Every, problem? Yeah. Yeah. People, whenever they're for something like this, yeah. it's, it's what's going to help them personally. And, and I have to tell you, this, to me, it's always odd when you, you, it's always odd when Republicans start arguing against immigration because actually one of the big drivers of immigration in the United States has been employment. Mm -hmm. And most employers are Republicans. Most of them tend to vote Republican. And so, uh, and most people who own rental property, Because immigrants rent. Most people who own rental property are Republicans. Most people who run retail stores where they go buy stuff are Republicans. Okay. And so that's been one of the, the great hidden secrets. Of, of There is a hidden group of people in the Republican Party who promote immigration 
and these are the same people that go to parties and everything. So, oh yeah, man, I just can't. I don't know why we're letting all these people in here. It's <laughs> yeah, the whole, it's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. It's yeah, hilarious. It's and and Democrat Democrats have a completely different. You know, for them, it's more. Uh, you know, uh, you can. It's hard to say, but yeah, for them, it's more of a long term thing that these people probably. And by the way, you know, kind of, people tend to vote. People tend to vote for the party that was in power when they came to America. That's mm. one thing. In other words, if you came to America when Reagan was president, you probably tend to vote Republican. If you came when Bush was president, you tend to vote Republican. If you come when Clinton was president or Obama, then you tend to vote Democratic. That's really one of the things people don't don't realize that they so, basically will go on to the to the whoever's in charge. So sometimes I feel like um, uh, some uh, um, political uh, parties don't really like actually engage to totally for an, for because they have an ideology of let's say race. Like, but if if they if they say the Republicans, they actually stop and think about that Latinos, and and I'm I'm sure like Filipinos as well because they like the very similar yeah, cultures yeah. are very similar. Um, they're Republicans. Yes. Just, yes. just, yes. Yeah. just you know, people don't realize. Up until the late 80s, most Hispanics in California voted Republican because of Ronald Reagan. Oh, yeah. He's very yeah. pro Hispanic, incredibly pro Hispanic. No, but I'm saying more for the culture. Like, we are more like more, yeah, well, more uptight, more reserved, more like. Well, like, you most, know? most Hispanics are more conservative on yeah, social issues. Yeah. On economic issues, they tend to be closer to the Democrats. But oh, really? Yeah. They. Close, yeah, on most economic issues, they tend to be closer to Democrats. On most social issues, they tend to be closer to the Republicans. Explain that a little bit more, because yeah. I don't know. Like, for say, like, I'm going to just pick gay marriage. Okay. You know, when you go to the Hispanic, uh, and that was contrary to what a lot of, they voted on gay marriage out in California a few years ago, mm -hmm. and the vast majority of Hispanics voted against it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was why it lost, by the way, just so you understand. Yeah. That was why it lost. It's because the vast majority of Hispanics voted against gay marriage. And when you look at some other social issues, uh, like true. abortion, mm. you know, they, they tend to be more pro-life than pro-choice. Uh, pro mm. uh, and so, again, so when you start talking about social issues, generally speaking, Hispanics tend to be more conservative. Mm. And like I said, they voted for, they voted for Ronald Reagan. Mm. They liked him. Um, when Schwarzenegger came in, they yeah. actually majority of Hispanics voted for him. Yeah. Uh, in Texas, a majority of Hispanics voted for Bush. Bush. Yeah. He was very pro. He was pro immigration, pro Hispanic. Yeah. I'm telling you. I mean, <laughs> all of a sudden, you got this group of people yeah. who took charge who said, "No, you know, no, we don't. You know, we don't want any." It wasn't just, and and this is what happens. It's not just one group. All immigrants start saying, well, wait a minute. They don't like them. They apparently don't like me either. Mm -hmm. And like I say, you know, that's one of the things that propelled California from being a Republican. California was a Republican state. And, oh, really? because, and because the Republicans became anti-immigrant, literally, they, they ran on anti-immigration anti issues, the very same ones that, you know, national Republicans are running on. And basically... Those all those new voters, those immigrants became citizens. They became new voters, and they voted against the Republicans, put the Democrats in charge. And so, yeah, that that's one of those things that that happens. Yeah. And so you you're seeing, I'm seeing that same thing. Just so you understand, I'm seeing that same thing in Texas now. 
Uh, Texas Republicans, believe it or not, tend to be much more pro-immigrant than most Republicans in the rest of the United States. But you're seeing some of that happen again in Texas. You're seeing it in some other states, and you're seeing it nationally. And so one of the questions, one of the questions that Republicans are going to have, are they ever going to be able to get some of these groups? Because, again, people, t people tend to see themselves as a member of a group. Mm -hmm. And the question is, can they ever bring these people back? back nice. into the Republican Party. Yeah. Uh, when, uh, like I said, when Reagan and Bush and all that, they were getting about 35 or 40% of the of the Hispanic vote. Yeah, I think it's going to be very hard, though, now with technology and now with people, like, kind of being ca categorized to, like, a certain, uh, certain parties and stuff, you know? I mean, it's very hard for people to actually look at Republicans and be like, oh, yeah, I belong in that party yeah. or I like their ideas. Unless they do the research, maybe, or, like, they see, like, a promising candidate, you know, or something yeah. like that. But uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's going to happen anytime soon. I'm not sure. I think a whole generational path. Yeah. I think you'll see at some point that there'll always be a Democratic Party. There'll always be a Republican Party. Yeah. How powerful it is, I don't know. But at some point, what will happen because the the Republicans are back to shrinking because we grew for a while when Obama was president. Yeah. They grew for a while, and they got bigger, and now you're seeing the shrinkage again of people going. And, and what's happening, uh, like I said, now when I start talking about Hispanic, by the way, not all Hispanics, you know, hate. There are there are groups of Hispanics. Oh, and, yeah, of course. And by the oh, way, yes, yes. primarily male, not yes. female. Yes. Yes, and, and so that's one of the things that's happened in our society Women have gone towards the Democratic Party. Men have started going towards the yeah, Republican Party. If you look at black voters and you think, oh, black voters are almost 100% Democratic, it, that's not true. Yeah, that's There's not true about, about um, especially I, when they're in the military. About 20%, you know, when yeah. a, you know, the blacks voted for Obama. But yeah. when you start looking at other races, it's really literally somewhere in the, uh, uh, the range of 15 to 20% of black men mm -hmm. vote Republican, yeah. which is it's, interesting. It's, it's a big number. It's, <laughs> it's the black women who yeah. vote 98, 95, 97, 98% yeah. Democratic. So one of the things that's happened in America is women have, uh, particularly single women, women of color, mm -hmm. single women, have moved over to the Democratic Party. Uh, what you see in the Republican Party is you tend to see married more married white women with children that seems to be the the group that has stayed or stayed with republican. the Repu republican party yes but you're also seeing the republican party used to have believe it or not got a majority of the college educated people in america that mm. was always the democrats the people with less than a college education would vote democratic this is now changed this is one of the things that's changed in the last five years i mean it's amazing how that's changed is now you have people who have less than a college education tend to vote republican yeah. and the people with college educations are tending to vote democratic wow. and and that's it's and, and and that's probably you talk about because you, you talk about our swing voters yeah the typical swing voter in the united states uh you know because people Everybody, everybody likes to say, I vote for the man. I don't vote for the party. Yeah. You know, I, No, <laughs> yeah. no. That is not true. Yeah. Uh, probably somewhere 40, in the United States as a whole, about 45% of, of people tend to vote Republican every year. No matter, you know, people very rarely change their voting pattern. Yeah. They tend, 
what they do is they get disgusted and they tend not to vote. Mm-hmm. They don't vote they, for the other party. They no, just they don't just vote. vote. They just all. don't vote at all. Yeah. Uh, a large, it's a slightly large group, about 47. And, and, and this, this came up in the 2012 election. Uh, Mitt Romney got called for this, talking about about 47% of, of all voters tend to vote Democratic. No matter, there's nothing you can do to change their mind. And so when you add up the 45 and the 47, you get something like, I don't know what, 92% or something like that. The reality of it is somewhere between 5 and five and 10% of your population are true independent voters. And these true independent voters tend to be like, yeah. said, I don't pay any attention to politics at mm-hmm. all. That's that's your typical your typical independent voter pays no attention to anything political whatsoever, but they tend to be women. They tend to be women who just got married or just had a kid or mm-hmm. just went to work. Yeah, that's your typical. And because they just they're not paying any attention, and so and so they 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 make up their mind literally at the last minute. Very, most men, most men make up their mind very, very early who they're going to vote for. What is that? Huh? Yeah, I just think it's just the male psyche. I think it's just the male. It's a male thing. You make up your mind. The so decisiveness. You don't, just like, this decisiveness. This is what I want to do. I'm not going to change my mind. There's very few. There are very few undecided male voters. Well, we have to be like that because when we were hunter gatherers, have to take decisions. That's in that, right. In a, in a yeah, thing. yeah. You have to make decisions. I'm going out to get a rabbit, a squirrel, so, yeah, a deer. deer. Oh, let's kill a mastodon today. No, I don't think we're going to go. And that's, yeah, that, that it, it, I, think, I think it's just a male thing, particularly in America. Like I said, I think all cultures are different, but I think in America, most men, it's just easier for most men to make up their minds about what, who they're going to vote for. But women, women, now there is a large group of women who make up their mind very early, but when you start looking at, Undecided voters, and again, it's only in certain, you don't worry about, nobody worries about undecided voters in California, and the reason is, it's going to vote 60% Democratic Democratic anyway, you don't worry about it in New York, D.C., New York, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, I can give you the whole list of states, Uh, you don't worry about that, Uh, you're only looking at undecided, you're only looking at undecided voters in a place like Pennsylvania, Ohio, New Hampshire, maybe maybe New, New Hampshire is a small state, but it's very vital. It's very vital to the political system, and yes, New Hampshire. Yeah. it's only about a half a dozen or so states that yeah, we're looking at sometimes that we're looking at of undecided voters, and they're almost always women. Yeah. You know? and so it's like, oh my God, it's, it's just this tiny group of people in these few states that decide the presidency for all of us and decide the yeah. way that the country's going to go. That's kind of irresponsible, you think? Like just yes, to, it is. Just, yeah. just, to, just to vote, just because of a like like a, a, a like a wimp, like an idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I feel like oh, it's scary. I feel it's like scary. yeah. I mean the 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 process in the process of like just voting. I feel you have to be well. If you're gonna vote morally, like whatever that is for you, whatever your morals are, you know, we all have some kind of type of morals. Uh, but if you gonna vote in a way morally you have to like do a lot of fucking research it's not just like how your vote is gonna affect locally but how your vote is gonna affect right. the country and how your vote for a president is gonna affect foreign countries where y- your country is very deep into you know and, and then we say we vote out of out of fucking um emotions, emotions and, and, and i want and, a wall give me my wall okay i want my wall <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah that's it yeah that's yeah that's that's yeah. very short-sighted if you yeah. think about it most people don't vote for platonic reasons they vote for 
purely for selfish reasons. Yeah. People, people vote a certain way for selfish reasons. But either it's economic or, and that's generally what's the motivation, people vote for what's going to help them economically, or they're going to vote for somebody who's going to reinforce what they believe. You know, this, please, you know, please, please believe what I believe because I want somebody who believes what I believe. And that, but even, and that's, that's the amazing part of that now, just so you understand, the amazing part of that now is people don't, you know, people are voting against their own economic interest just to oh, yeah. like reinforce yeah. what they believe. Yeah. That's the amazing thing. Yeah. And I find that very scary, very rational to a certain ex extent. Yeah. Because if, if you're, if you're voting for your own economic good, that, yeah. that makes rational Definitely. sense. You can understand that. But when people say, I want this guy and you say, look, he's against schools. He's against, <laughs> yeah. he's against this. He's against that. Why do you want to vote for him? Because he believes what I believe. You, you don't think we should put more money into schools? And no, nah, you know, you know, we really shouldn't be putting. We waste too much money. I mean, people are going to rationalize. They will, in fact, rationalize all of this. Mm -hmm. They will rationalize everything. It's like we bullshit ourselves into. Yeah, you bullshit. Goodies. You know, it's like so you know. Again, as as I always tell people, it's like it's like dating. You know. Yeah. If you see this, if you see somebody you're attracted to, you don't see the bad things. You only see what you yeah. want to see. Yeah. And it's 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 after you say you know it's after you say I do and you realize oh God you know her feet smell or something yeah. like it's like something <laughs> oh, you choose to like just ignore it and or you, something you ignored it you really did ignore it that's and that's what it's people people do that in romance people you know do that in politics there yeah. are other areas there are other areas in their people people's lives that they do that you know. Yeah. Uh, people go and they'll go to work somewhere thinking, oh, man, this is a great place to work. And you get there and it's like, it's hell. <laughs> it's hell. It's like, why am I, why am I, why am I putting myself in hell? Yeah. yeah. But people a little more, people a little more rational about their jobs. They'll, they'll say, okay, I'll stay until I find something else. Mm -hmm. You know, because if you quit, just so y'all understand, if you quit, there's no, there's no unemployment. <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. no sympathy for you, you know. So you basically, most people through bad experience have learned. Okay, I have to get another job before I quit this job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now people don't look at that. And I don't know if anybody looks at that way because I I don't date. I'm not married. I've been happily married for a while. But I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I know I know there are people that say I don't. You know, they won't get rid of one person yeah till they find somebody else now there are people who do yeah, that yeah. i don't know if y'all know them but there are people who do that but you know i know i know what personally that yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. the friend of mine too yeah mm -hmm. let's not yeah we won't talk about names but i'm just saying <laughs> 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 people will do that and and that's what people do with jobs so you know people just take that rationality over into their personal life and say okay yeah i didn't get a i didn't quit this job till i got another job why should i give up this girlfriend till i find another girlfriend and there are people mm -hmm. who will do that and, and again if you can rationalize it in one part of your life you can rationalize it in another you can rationalize anything people of course you, we, we look for patterns and we always buy the pattern we look yeah. for so like yeah what's you know what's best for me you know yeah. what i want to do what's best for me i want to find somebody but i don't want to lose the one i got till i find somebody, somebody else. else yeah what is, why is that? What is that? Because what, pe yeah, people are selfish. Just pure selfish. Is just selfish? <laughs> selfishness? <laughs> yes, selfishness. And, and again, it's like I say, you know, when students ask me, you know, should I, should I, you know, should I just quit this job and look for another job? And I, I tell them always, I said, no, no, do not quit this job till you find, till you get another offer. 
You know, why would you, you know, why would you take, why would you be out there without a parachute, literally, mm-hmm. working without a net? It, it'll make you work harder, but it limits your choices. Whereas if you're, if you're working and you're going out here, and by the way, just so you understand, so it works both ways, employers do not like to hire people who've been unemployed for too long. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The longer you're unemployed, the less chance you have of getting a job. Is that really? That's yeah. true. Let's, this, that is absolutely true. Most employers prefer to hire somebody who's already working. Yeah. Because it's okay. Exactly. And again, just let's take the rationality back to dating. You know, most people, you know, there's a, there's, as I always tell, there's a reason why people don't have a job and there's a reason why they're not in a relationship. You just got to <laughs> figure out what the, and so, you know, most, you know, most people, you know, when you say, you know, now guys are not this way. Most guys don't ask the question, why is he not, you know, why is she not with somebody? Most guys don't ask that question. But believe it or not, most women will ask that oh, question. Oh, yeah. They it's do. like, why is he not in a relationship? Or why isn't he dating someone? Oh, that's clever of them. That's, yeah, they're much, well, they, women are much more rational about this. You know, they uh-huh. have, you know, they have more to gain or more to lose than men do, basically. So men, men never ask the question like, why is she, why is she not dating? Why is she not married? Why is she not dating? You know, and the answer. I'm sorry, this is going to get us all in trouble. You know, the answer a lot of times is, well, she's crazy. That's why. And, so, you know, <laughs> hey, and nobody. <laughs> I have to agree to a certain degree. You know? yeah. yeah, and that's you know, nobody will. Ask, you know, but if she says, okay, I just I just came to town. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. That's and it, people will tell you so. Say, oh yeah, I just got to town, or I just broke up. Okay, now now we're understanding stuff now. But you know, again, just like employers want to know, well, why you know why are you leaving this job? And mm. what they want to use like say is, I I need to make more money, because mm-hmm. that's a logical, rational thing to say. What they don't want to hear is, I hate my boss. Yeah. I hate everybody I work with. I despise yeah. my job. I just. I just want to get out of that place and go somewhere else. Well, they're not going to, they're not yeah, going to hire you. Hire you. Not with that attitude, you know. But if you say, if you say, if you say something like, oh, okay, yeah, I just want more money. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, now you're talking their language. Yeah. Like you were saying, you have to like find the commonality. I, yeah. So you're, you're basically, you're basically finding the commonality. You want more money. They understand that people want more money. They, you know, what they don't want to hear is, I hate my, I hated the last place because I just hated everybody I worked with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think even though know, that's the real reason you're leaving. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree because even in job interviews, when I have every any job interview, they ask that question. But I, I, I kind of kiss their ass. You know, I gotta be oh, like, sure. oh, I gotta sure. be like, no, I, I find this, I find this, uh, this company very great. I want to grow. It seems like a lot of potential here, and <laughs> blah blah blah. I know that stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you, that's what you got to do. The good news for the audience, the good news is, you know, jobs jobs are much more plentiful now. Even good oh, jobs yeah. are more. And so now employers, now the power is shifting just a little bit. Because, you know, look at this. Since 2000, since 9-11, it's been the other way. I mean, the, the economy went bad after 9-11 and stayed yeah. bad. And we had, of course, that really bad time in 2009 and 2010 I always have money i didn't feel that yeah i'm just kidding yeah i'd like to say yeah but yeah <laughs> but but then you know uh people were scared and people uh-huh. would you know they would make the sacrifice to get a job. now employers and em- let me tell you if you if you want to see a closed mind group of people talk to employers because they just think 
they, I think that there's always plenty of people out there that people are either just too lazy to work or don't want to move or something like that. That's the way they think. I mean, the, the idea that people want to be treated better and make more money it just seems foreign to some yeah. of these people. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Say, you know, it's like, well, why can't we find him? Because you're not offering enough money for people. Yeah. People, people work for money, and you have to offer them more money. And you have to you have to treat people a little better exactly. than everybody else. I mean, the the guy who runs SAS in Cary, North Carolina, uh, which is statistical analysis software, mm-hmm. Doctor Goodnight. You know, just to give you, they're considered like the best employer in America. I didn't know if you knew that the no, best no, 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 the no, best no. employer in America is in Cary, North Carolina. Hard to wow. believe that, but it's true. Oh. But the way they do things down there is different. You know, they have a commissary where you don't have to pay for your meals. You just go down there, order what you want, you eat. They have a daycare center on site, so you can go get your kid at lunchtime and bring your kid to eat with you at lunchtime. They have doctors and nurses on site so that when you don't feel good, you just go down to the doctor or the nurse. Oh, and that's they, dope. Oh, they, and they give, you, you know, <laughs> they give you a pill, and you go back to work. And uh, if you got dirty clothes... The, the dry cleaners will come and pick up your dirty clothes or the laundromat will come back and, and pick up your dirty clothes and they'll deliver them back to you. I mean, they have, I mean, they, and, I, and I'm just. They really get the job done, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> and, and so they have, uh, just so you understand, the typical, typical employer will have about a 10% turnover a year. About, wow. about 5% of your people will retire. About 5% will, not me, uh, about 5%, not me, uh, will uh, go, um, Five percent will go uh, somewhere else. Okay, that's typical. Some are some some places are higher. A few are lower. They have a two percent turnover. Two percent. Two percent. Wow. And and that's and that's important. That statistic is actually very important because look, having looked at work over a long long period of time, you can't make two percent of the people happy no matter what. And and just keep in mind, this this like I tell you, this place is a great place to work. It's a paradise to work. Yeah. But keep in mind, some people don't want that. They don't want to be happy at work. I know that's a strange thing to say. Really? Some people, yeah, some people they, they could care less about being happy at work. They want more money. And some people, some people don't like to be taken care of. You have to mm. understand. There's a very, you know, typically, like I said, particularly, you know, some people, 2%, no matter what we do in our society, 2% of the people will never work. I mean, work full-time they'll never work full-time they'll take one job and work one job till they're unhappy and then they'll quit working and then they'll you know do something else for a while and and then they'll go back to work and they'll go back to work two percent to unemployment in the united states almost never goes below two never goes mm-hmm. but and in the best places in the united states it never goes because two you there's about two percent of the population you can never make happy no matter mm-hmm. what and so like i said this great place to work Two percent of the people leave every year because it's like, well, just not for me. It's crazy. It's just not for me. I mean, you know, it's like, say, uh, I guess some people just like to suffer, right? Yeah, like I hate to, you know, like Alamance Community College is the best place in Alamance County to work. I just, I'll say that because mm-hmm. I've been there a long time. But again, we have about, depending on what, depending on what, what five somewhere in the neighborhood about five, or uh, about five percent retire every year, and mm-hmm. another few, two or three percent go somewhere else they quit and go somewhere else because it's just again no matter how good a place it is to work it's not for everybody what's what's 
why is ACC a good place to work? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. See, now I get to say nice things about the employer. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically, if you're faculty, once you get done with your work every day, you can just leave. We don't have a time clock. There are no time. So, you know, if you're faculty, you can leave whenever you want to. If you're a staff person, then you're supposed to be there all day. But if you need to go do something, they will give you time off to go do something. So you're, you're really not stuck in there all day if you don't really want to be stuck there all day. We still have benefits, and that's, you know, if y'all want to talk about that, it's something too. We still have benefits when most of the people who work don't have benefits. That's one of the things that happen in society. People are losing their benefits. And you're a professional, and more or less you're treated as a professional. And, and, that in, and so that's very nice. Um, and, and it's good. They're very good people to work with. Most of the bosses are very good people to work for. And, and that's, by the way, that's why most people quit their jobs is because they hate their boss or they, or they hate the people they work with. That's why most yeah. people leave. Actually, most people don't leave for money. Is that what's happening, happening in the White House right now? Huh? Is that what's happening in the White House right now? Yeah, the warehouse, yeah. People are, people are never <laughs> happy in a warehouse. <laughs> no, the White House. Oh, the White House. No, that's exactly right. You know, that, and really, that's a great question. The reason is people simply don't, you know, he is just so, and I've worked, just so you understand, I haven't worked for Donald Trump, but I have worked for people just like that. Yeah. And it is the most miserable existence you can imagine to work for somebody who doesn't treat you like a human being and you're, you're, a, high pay, you're a highly paid professional and they're not treating you that way. And so, yes, actually one of the reasons people are, are leaving, are want, by the way, it's not just a matter of people leaving, people won't apply for jobs there, contrary to what, what anything you heard. A lot of people are not applying for jobs because they're treated like, you know, they're treated like crap. And it's like, I don't want to be treated like crap. I don't want to have to hire a lawyer to go to work because mm. I'm going to be called before some grand jury to be questioned and some investigation. I don't want to go through that. You know, most people, most people just want to do their job and be left alone. Even professionals like mm. to be treated that way. And so why would you put yourself in that type of situation working for somebody like that? Yeah, that's true. You know. Even if you agree with him ideologically, and you know, and this is like the strangest thing is in terms of his, in terms of the way he governs, he actually governs like a pretty conventional establishment Republican. Mm -hmm. He really does. His policies, his policies, most of them, not all of them, but most of his policies are very straight, right, straight out of the establishment Republican playbook. And mm -hmm. so it's not his, po it's basically his personality. But again, You know, most, if you take a powerful person whom no, nobody has, he, he's used to not listening to anybody but just a handful of people and doing whatever he wants to do because most corporate executives can do whatever they want to do, you know. And so not having any rules or restraints on you, you, you just do and say whatever you want to do and say. And, you know, that's, that's admirable that somebody can do that. But the reality, you can't govern. You can't govern a company that way. You can't govern a college. You can't run a football team. You you can't run. You certainly cannot run a state or a country that way. What do you think is going to happen in midterm elections? It it depends on how much of a voter shift. And again, that's a really good question. Typically, in most, once a party goes into power, there's about a five percent shift. It doesn't matter. It really almost doesn't matter what happens. There's about a 5% shift in votes 
in the next election. About five percent of the you know those those women those women who couldn't make up their mind they don't vote. And so <laughs> what happens is basically everything shifts to the other party. About five percent, and five percent will create about uh, about a about a five percent change in in the state legislatures and the Senate and the House. Basically, in a typical in a typical off of your election, the vote will shift about five, and you'll get about twenty five about twenty five House seats will shift because that's usually the measurement that they use. Yeah. Now the question is: Now is it going to be five percent change, ten percent, or fifteen percent? And just so around the country as a whole, in all of these special, uh, all the elections that have been held since November of two thousand and sixteen. There's been about a 12% shift over to the Democrats, about a 12%. So if you if that holds up till November, and I'm not sure it's going to hold up, but if that holds up till November, you're talking about 50. You're talking about the Democrats winning 50 House seats, easy, yeah. easy winning 50 more Dude, House seats. How, how would that affect Trump? Man. Uh, I mean, I know it affect him bad, but like, like yeah, he couldn't get anything done. Yeah. It's more, man. But for a president, for a president, it's more important that you have control of the Senate mm -hmm. than you have control of the House. The House just deals with legislation. The Senate of the United States deals with appointments. So as long as the Republicans control at least fifty seats in the Senate, they can appoint all the judges they want. They can appoint all the government officials they want. You know, they can do that. And they might not get any. They might not get anything legislatively through Congress because the if the Democrats control the House, they won't get anything through there. But they could still get all their appointments. Now, just so if, when you start talking, if you start talking about impeaching the president, keep in mind impeachment. Everybody thinks that's a horrible thing to be impeached. It's like taking somebody and slapping them on the hand. That's what impeachment. Really, you're bad. You're a bad, bad person. It's the Senate. The Senate is actually more important. The Senate is actually the ones who decide to remove the person from office, mm. because that's the that's the penalty for the crime. You know, that's the penalty for the crime. Uh, if you if you are impeached, the penalty would be you be either either you're taken out of office or you're not taken out of office. That's the penalty. Period. Okay, but it's it's relatively easy to impeach. Somebody. In fact, I'm amazed that it doesn't happen more often than it happens. But all you have to do is one party only has. If one party controls the House, you could have impeachment proceedings, and you could actually impeach a president. But impeachment is just like you're a bad, bad boy. You have done bad. You shameful, shameful thing. And then it's the Senate that decides whether or not to paddle you. Okay, mm. that's really. And by the way, two thirds of the Senate which in this case is 67 senators, 67 senators have to vote to, to remove the president. From, and that's never going to happen, just so you understand. I don't care how, how, how anybody dislikes this man. It's, that's never going to happen. I think he might, if the Democrats gain control of the House, he might be impeached. I personally think he resigned before he was impeached. Probably so. That's a personal be, opinion. I don't even think. We're gonna have him impeached. To be honest, I would rather have Donald Trump as a president than Mike Pence. Yeah, as a president. See, that's yeah. As I, you know, as people, as people who say to me, and I actually have quite a number of people who say to me, "Oh, I pray for Mike Pence. I'm, I'm just praying." And, and there are people <laughs> who pray for him to be president. He oh, is man. a completely, he is a completely different person. Donald Trump has no ideology. 
Exactly. He has zero ideology. It's all about, for him, it's all about winning, losing, and making money. <laughs> and be and being praised because he's a he's yeah, he self he's a spoiled self-centered yeah. this would be like having a spoiled child as president but he's a spoiled self-centered child he has no ideology it's about winning and losing and making money mike pence on the other hand uh, yeah he Same. has an ideology he's an honest he's an honest person he's a christian uh, you know but he has an ideology very he, strong ideology I and think. he has yeah he would be governing. He would be governing from the point of ideology, unlike Trump. That's unlike, always dangerous, don't you think? I think that might be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could we talk about what that would look like? Like, oh yeah, I don't even. Know. It would be. It would be totally because again, Trump. It's all drama. It's all Trump all the time. All drama, and this is like it's like i'm living in a soap opera just so yeah. you understand it's like a novella uh you know that yeah. they have in the philippines or in Me or in hispanic countries yeah. where they have the novellas on tv this is it's it's like we're in a drama all the time with pence you would have less drama because he is like okay He's a very much much lower key type person, mm. and so you're not going to have the daily drama. That's going to come to an end. Uh, what you'd have is then okay. You'd have conventional governing governance, very conventional governance, which is dull, just as incredibly dull. Just uh, uh, governing anything day to day is just dull, 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 dull. dull. It's it's horribly dull, and that's what you're going to have. And he's going to count on that dullness. To, to keep people from getting excited about what's going on every day. Because uh, you're thinking about the war, you know, mm. the war justice war. You know, the folks who want a change in the system, you know, and he's not, Pence is never going to change the system. He is, he is pure establishment. Yeah. Contrary to anything else you'll ever hear, he is a pure establishment. And he, he's Trump's link to the establishment. You know, Trump hasn't broke. Trump is an establishment person, but he's a New York City establishment person. That's what makes him different from all of all these other Republicans are from little towns, rural areas. Trump is like he's one of he's one of them from a city. And if you live in a big city, if you're a, if you're a conservative or a Republican, you have to like mute your idea. You, you, you realize, hey, ideology is useless here. It's totally useless. And that's what Trump. That's what Trump has done. So in this situation, it's just power. I think it's just power. Yeah, this is just pure power. This is naked power at its and and I think I think a lot of people are disturbed by that. They see that uh, because it's also you know again I always hate I hate to bring things down to male. This is pure. This, this is like men being in charge mm -hmm. of everything. This is manly men being in charge of everything. It's pure naked power. If if Hillary Clinton had won. You would see power, but you'd see a different type. It'd be more of with the people, uh, with the people that supported her. It'd be more sharing across mm -hmm. across that. But it was st you still, by the way, have the personality because she's also from New York. She's from she was originally from Chicago. For those who don't know that, she grew up in Chicago. Arkansas was just a stop on the way. Mm. To DC, to DC, and New York City. So she's a creature of the urban. So, so, yeah. But her, her thing in power is like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this in a different way. We're gonna, and, again, typically, typically establishment people, and she is an establishment Democrat. Mm -hmm. She really was part of the establishment. They typically, it's, it's, everything's done behind the scenes. You never see anything. 
and what you see in public is all the pretty stuff and we're going to have you know we're going to talk about this and we're going to discuss this and decisions have already been made I mean, what do you think about that i'm sorry to, to kind of like like shift gears a little bit what do you think about that um that guy who who had the email hitler emails and he ended up dead in his apartment like at three o'clock in the morning with a yeah. with a with a shadow that his doesn't head. that doesn't surprise me at all Oh yeah! Oh, that was somebody broke in and shot the. They poor just man. didn't steal anything. His it's, wallet, his he, everything, his cell phone, everything. Yeah, they didn't take anything. This is again. I hate to say this. This is fairly typical establishment. People, people die. Um, people die. People die. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy. There was a guy in the Bill Clinton's administration. I can't remember. I want to say Ron. I, you know, he was. I, I don't know if he was the attorney general or the commerce secretary or something like that but he had been with clinton forever and he knew everything he knew everything about clinton and one day they put him on a trip to go somewhere somewhere on the i forget where they sent him to go and it was the you know again contrary to what anything not all airplanes have black boxes there are oh. some planes that don't have black boxes that record everything that happens hmm. they just accidentally put him on the plane that didn't have a black, black bo box and the plane accidentally crashes. Accidentally. Plane accidentally crashes. He's dead. The guy the guy who could have probably really if he'd have turned on Clinton could have told everything and yeah. Clinton because Clinton was actually impeached. Clinton was impeached mm -hmm. too, but he was never removed from office. Clinton might have actually been taken out of office because this guy knew everything. And uh, just so you understand, uh, one time one time Bill and Hillary were having problems, they were having marital problems. And he put her on the plane without the black box because that was the plane that crashed later. <laughs> he put her on the plane, and there was a lot, and there was a lot of trouble. And they actually had to land the plane somewhere. It was an emergency landing. And right. after the after that, everything was wonderful in their marriage. I'm just saying. No, right. <laughs> he was like, like, see, bitch, keep fucking around. See what happens. See what happens to you. <laughs> I, and, and, you know, Plata. 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 Plata.